What's up, everybody? Here, uh, glad to join in this podcast now. I know Miko had mentioned last time that I'd be hosting it. So, here we go. Um, how Amachi Epolo, Josh Thunder Little. Hello, everybody. My name is Josh Thunder Little. I am Oglala Lakota, Tongva, and also Mexican and white, too. It's a little bit of my identity. Just kind of always introduce myself because I think that's the most important you know, thing to do when you're meeting people or... You know, people are hearing from you for the first time. Um, grew up in Southern California. On my dad's side, I'm Lakota and Tongva. And my mom's side, I'm Mexican and white. And I grew up in uh, Palm Springs, California, actually, which is about two hours um, east of Los Angeles. Out, out into the desert area. Oh, yeah, out into the desert area. But this whole idea of starting this podcast before I go into a little more about, you know, my perspectives, what I see in life, what I come out of the pandemic is me and Miko were, you know, we met online doing some work with the University of South Dakota, specifically with the Upward Bound program. I don't know, it's just really good connecting uh, connecting with him. And like he said, too, you know, he's like a brother of mine now. And we share a lot of things and spent hours and hours staying up late ideas however we can you know contribute giving back to the community and helping out native peoples i knew from a young age that was going to be my goal i always you know wanted to help out native peoples specifically you know lakota or shetty shakowin you know lakota dakota nakota people you know for the matter of fact anybody who's indigenous in the world you know even outside of the united states whether it be from canada new zealand hawaii Native people have gone through a lot through colonization, colonialism, all those big words, things that have been affected because of, you know, people just wanting to control another society and take over the land for profit. But yeah, going back to when I met Miko, we met online, and he grew up in Pine Ridge. I didn't. So it was just sharing a lot of, you know, res life, things that happened out there. I visited Pine Ridge several times with my family, and uh, fortunate to connect with them and go back to South Dakota. Uh, middle school and high school times but uh when he mentioned i'm an urban native and kind of interesting that the place where i grew up palm springs is actually an urban reservation so what i mean by like an urban res is that like parts of the city are like indian res land but then other parts aren't so like say there's like a business like lowe's or home depot so like that land isn't reservation land you know it's owned by like you know lowe's home depot or some other private person individual owner but then, like, you go down the street, there's the casino that the local tribe owns, which is the Agua Caliente Band of Cahuilla Indians, the Cahuilla people. It's one of the Cahuilla bands out in there in Palm Springs. And they own, uh, you know, they have casinos and, what is it, a hotel, too. So that would be reservation land. So it's a checkerboard reservation. And the reason why that checkerboard reservation exists is because of the railroad industry and how, you know, Native people got the land back through, you know, various government means. It's a whole, I can teach a whole class on that. But uh, that's just a little bit about, you know, where I grew up. Big desert area. So growing up, I always read dirt bikes and quads. That was real fun doing. My dad huh, bought me a quad when I was real young. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a desert boy. Even though, like, you know, Northern Plains Indians are in my blood. My, uh, my grandpa on my dad's side met my grandma on my, on my dad's side down in Southern California at a powwow. And I think my grandpa at the time, 
he was looking to be an actor, you know, in the Western films and movies. So he was looking for work out here. And, you know, like a true native love story, uh, had my dad after meeting that powwow. So I'm here because of, you know, powwow culture. Oh, I thought that was kind of cool. But uh, back to grow up in Palm Springs. Let's see. Where do I start? Elementary school out there. Middle school. It was really in like eighth grade is when I started my journey of what I knew I wanted to do in my life. In eighth grade history class, we were learning about Jamestown Colony, you know, like on the East Coast, all that stuff. And I had asked my teacher, like, why are we learning about the English colonists and not the Native American peoples? Because, you know, they were there first. And my teacher then, um, Mr. Downer at the time, had said, well, Josh, I wish we could teach more about Native Americans. And you're right, but the state requires me to, um, you know, the state curriculum, the standards, whatever California sets out. We was required to teach that. So I just kind of, you know, I was like, all right, you know, I understand. I respect you, Mr. Downer, that you understand my perspective and, you know, what it means for indigenous rights. Um, but, you know, I wanted to change it. Got into high school and it was, it was AP United States history. And I was really good at that class. It was my favorite. I knew then that's like I had a passion for something with history. A lot of people, you know, thought I was weird for liking history, but. I always think, you know, if you don't know our past, we won't know our future from such a young age. So history books, so I always go to you know, Barnes and Noble, pick up random books and just read them or go online and look up random factoids that, you know, I would always sometimes call it useless information like pop culture, random Wikipedia entries. You know, those, those late night rabbit holes you go into when you're just looking at random YouTube videos, Googling random things because you're avoiding your homework or you just can't sleep and your mind's racing that, you know, late night thoughts, right? So one day, though, I was sitting in my AP United States history class and my teacher then, Mr. Stanford, you know, talking about some aspect of Native American history. I can't particularly remember what exactly it was. But he was talking about some tribe and pronunciation of the name and how they kind of responded to colonization with, you know, America and the United States. And I corrected him on something because he was incorrect on some, some factoid. And he didn't believe me. So he then went to Google where I checked a book. And then from that day forward, he was like, well, Mr. Little is correct. Meaning, you know, me calling me Mr. Little. I don't know why. I just call me Josh. I'm pretty, you know, don't have to have the formalities, but. Ever since that day, I corrected him. He was real surprised. And every time after that, Native Americans would come up in class and he'd ask me it. But it's like, I don't know everything about Natives. So I was just lucky that I knew that one thing. Another interesting aspect of my high school that I went to, it was the, the Indian was the mascot. And it was kind of funny because the high school couldn't make up exactly like what type of Indian they wanted to be. On the football helmets, there was headdresses, in the library that was in totem pole and that comes from the northwest tribes up in the washington oregon area there was tomahawks on the back of the water polo caps on the water polo team a desert indian above one of the buildings on campus and even girls during the, the football games would wear like you know those fake headdresses you buy at walmart those knockoff stupid things that you know i just don't care for 
So that was always interesting to me because people would ask me if it was offensive or not. And I said, yeah, it actually is because, you know, one, the school can't even determine, you know, one type of Indian it wants to represent. It has to like, conglomerate all these, like, random ideas of what it means to be Native and or not what it means to be Native, but rather what they think Natives look like. You know, just kind of, it's kind of crazy. Anyways, that's just a little bit high school. So then I applied to college, and I knew I wanted to do history, some of Native American history, and teach one day. I uh, went to UC Riverside, uh, the University of California, Riverside. It's like a sister school to UCLA, if you don't know where that's at, um, Riverside, California, which is the Inland Empire. And man, I, I really loved college. I was working in the Native Student Program Center, helping out with the Native community, and just listening to elders all the time was the most important thing. There was... A drum circle that some of the local um, the group was called the Riverside Singers, and I met met some really great guys. I'd go sing with them every Thursday night my freshman year, sophomore year. Then life got a little hectic and people got busy, but I still see them. Um, the powwow on campus. We have a thing called the Medicine Ways Conference. We've you know brought out many guest speakers, many performers. Frank Wallen, um, for one, uh, for one instance, came out and rapped. That was pretty great to meet him. Cecilia Fire Thunder, she was chairwoman at one point. I know of the Ogallala Lakota tribe. Uh, see it, the uh, Medicine Ways. Kimberly Guerrero, she spoke. She's an actress. She's on that new show, Reservation Dogs. She played Auntie V. She was real cool. And so she actually teaches now at UC Riverside. So all just Indians from all over the place. I've always met them. Being in Riverside, the travel all over and just hearing them speak, spread knowledge is like one of the most, you know, you can't put a price on that. It's priceless. Everything that they've shared is super, uh, super interesting and just a blessing because it helps me grow my mind and want to give back to the Native community in so many ways. Uh, so I finished school there, you know, undergrad, did all these things, majored, actually ended up double majoring in history and Native American studies by my fourth year. And then I'm um, currently actually a graduate student at uh, UC Riverside doing a graduate program in history. And man, let me tell you, doing a graduate program in history during the pandemic was not a great thing. Kind of self-isolation. I had to sit down and write. And, you know, grad school, you need to do a lot of writing. And I just didn't really have it in me. So, you know, kind of just... Took some time off this past year, still worked, got some things done, but not as much as I really wanted to, but that's okay because it was a time of reflection and healing and just trying to make sure that everyone even just has like, you know, food at the table, <laughs> even that crazy time when, in Southern California, if you all didn't know, that toilet paper or across the nation, toilet paper was sparse and I even had asked my parents one time to give me some toilet paper, so that was kind of funny. And I always wasn't like, why, you know, why would toilet paper be the first thing to go in some type of apocalyptic world? Who knows? But they were sending out in droves, and toilet paper was gone from the shelves. You know, I might have to go in the backyard old ways and wash off the hose. Nah, just kidding. This is my joke. My parents are like, what's wrong with you? But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do if you got no toilet paper, right? But yeah, during the pandemic, uh, was it played Xbox, got really back into fitness, um, physical health, eating healthy, super important. I ignored my health for a long time in graduate school just because I thought getting assignments done was so important. And really, you need to go outside and enjoy nature, sit in the grass, even if you can't, you know, 
say you have some physical impediment, you know, go for a walk at very least. Sit outside, look at the sky, listen to the birds, feel the grass. It, you know, it's always there, and it's a good mental health check to just be there. Within, you know, was it Unchimaka, you know, Mother Earth, that's a Lakota word. So during the pandemic, that was one really positive thing is going outside and getting some workouts done. And growing up, you know, being in Southern California where I currently live, during the wintertime, there's no snow. So even when it's cold, you can still go outside. So pretty, pretty privileged and helpful in that way. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, I talked a little the urban experience. Talked about being in college, graduate school, the pandemic. Um, you know, what Miko and I seek to do in life, helping out Indian students. And what this podcast is set out to do is really just give new perspectives on things and, you know, help people that are just going through stuff, whether mental health, physical health, education, connecting back to your culture. I know Miko, you know, grew up a lot uh and a lot of all our friends too that grew up in pine ridge my family everyone they know more lakota language than i do just the area growing up in socal put me at somewhat of a disadvantage but you know it's always time to learn reconnect and visit too at some point in my life i'd like to go back in south dakota and live there just kind of get a little experience for that winter time weather never grew up in snowy conditions so it'd be kind of cool to do uh, let's see what else. Shoot. But yeah, it's all part of the journey. Just all these things, learning what to do. And I think, also as of recently, what's really kind of hit me is watching Reservation Dogs and seeing that native representation in that show. I know I mentioned one of the actresses, Kimberly Guerrero. She played Auntie B. Um, that's been on my mind a lot lately. Just the indigenous representation is beautiful. I know that seeing native students, or not just native students, native people, I'm particularly talking about, you know, those scenes when the kid actors are in school, is really great because for the first time, not for the first time, because there's plenty of other, like, native movies, you know, out there, but this one just kind of, it kind of hits you at your core, and it touches on a lot of topics that, you know, native people have gone through, you know, whether you're urban native whether you're a res native, native that grew up away from your community, it all is there and everyone has a story or something to relate to in this form of storytelling. That's what a Reservation Dogs is. It's storytelling and you know this is what this podcast and life is all about is telling one really good story. And you know it all circles back to history. Once you know your past, you know your future and it compels you to understand many stories and many lessons. So with that, I think I'll close out today's podcast with uh, just saying that, you know, listen to everyone's story. I have a story to tell. People on TV have stories to tell. People in school, even just like, you know, cashier when you go to the supermarket or a gas station. You ask how someone's doing, you know, and they tell you, you know, I'm doing okay today. I'm like, oh, that's awesome, you know. Glad you're doing all right. Sometimes they share a little story like, oh, you know, going to a concert, visiting my family, or something bad may have happened. And you just say, well, thanks for sharing that with me, and uh, you all have a good day. So looking forward to sharing with you all, listening to you, and just, you know, 
doing things in a good way. So with that, Doksha, until next time, it's never goodbye. It's I'll see you again. And uh, we'll be back soon with another podcast episode. Till next time.